for the climate change movement to happen, we need people to go through three stages in their thinking. First, they need to understand that there's a problem. And I think around now, most people, especially in the younger generation, understand the problem of the climate crisis and why it's an issue. Then we need them to go through a second step, which is understanding what it is, but not knowing how to do anything about it. A lot of people are at this second stage where they understand that there's a problem called this climate change thing and it's happening, but is so overwhelming that they don't even know what to do about it. But we need to take those people who are stuck in the second stage and we need to move them to the third stage, which is not only understanding there's a problem, but it's also knowing what to do about it and understanding how to impact this movement and also wanting to do more. That is a big shift. There's three different steps they really have to go through and each of those stages are big shifts. And so it's taken us as a collective human population a while to actually do this. But one company that I met with is trying to make this happen all in a single experience, sometimes in just one hour. And it's through this experience that they get people to not only shift from understanding that there's a problem, to understanding what they can do about it, to wanting to do more for it. And this company is We Hero. And what they do is they work with large organizations, helping them create volunteer experiences that help people go through those three stages. Many of these volunteer experiences center around the environment, especially around creating solar panels and all sorts of other stuff really looking at this climate change movement. And having all these people volunteer at a single event is always great. They have really great responses and they're really able to make a great impact. But what Andy, the COO of We Hero, really wants to see is not only that they're creating an impact through that single volunteer experience, but also so that they see repeat volunteers where they're going out and actively searching for how can they do this volunteer experience again and how can they make this impact again? Because they're moving them down those three stages that I talked about at the beginning from going from understanding there's a problem to knowing what there is to do about it to actually searching out and wanting to do something about it. This is what we need to happen all across the world. And in this interview, we will really dive deep into how We Hero does this. And we'll also talk to Andy about his two other businesses, all looking to make the world a better place. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Andy, thank you for coming on the show. It's great to have you on to Green Business Impact. And can you tell me a little bit about the three different ventures you're currently working on right now and what they are? Yeah, Billy, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, to start, my business partner and I, we have this view. We want to build businesses that help the world. You know, it's our kind of high level view. And so right now that looks three different businesses that are all somewhat connected. Our main business and where we spend a lot of our time is called We Hero which does corporate volunteering. And so it helps big companies engage their employees through volunteering. 
and if you work at a small company, you may think that you and your team go to a soup kitchen once a year to volunteer. And that's amazing. But when you think about big companies, if you think about Google, Procter & Gamble, companies like that, they have tens of thousands of employees around the world. You can't just send them to a food kitchen. And so it takes a lot of work to build and execute volunteer events that go with those employees. You know, our other business is really focused around helping companies really think about their carbon footprints. You know, and this was really came from us coming into this industry and not knowing enough. And so as we thought about, okay, with WeHero, how do we become as sustainable and green focused as possible? We dove right in, we started partnering with experts in the space. And then as we started talking to other small businesses, everyone was just as confused as we were. And so <laughs> we wanted to bring the, what we had learned to small businesses to let them realize we easily can figure out our impact on the environment and we can change it. And so we take a really hands-on approach for small businesses to help them offset their carbon as well as just learn what they can do to be more sustainable. So that's business number two. Business number three is once again, a business we started based on a need. We're pretty well known in the corporate volunteering space. Individuals are just coming to us like, hey, I wanna work in the social impact space. I wanna work in the sustainability space. How do I get involved? And we just couldn't find a good source. And so we started building a community of individuals who wanna work in the space and people that are hiring to try to bring them together. And it's called the impact job. And it's an email newsletter and job board for jobs focused on sustainability, social impact, ESG, and things of that nature. <clears throat> and we really try to focus on jobs that, you know, are right out of college all the way through, I would say junior VP levels. We try not to go into the really senior roles because there's executive recruiters there. We just want to allow everyone, Hey, if you want to work in this space, we want to make it as easy as possible. Because the more smart people that are working in businesses that want to give back, the more impact we're going to have on, on the entire world. That's a brief overview of the businesses that we, we currently run. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'd love to dive into each of those throughout this episode here. And we'll start off with We Hero, which I know is your main kind of business that you guys have started. And then the others were kind of part of the direction that, that came off from We Hero. So let's definitely start there. And inside of We Here, what is really your guys' mission? Yeah, our mission is to make giving and volunteering as easy as possible. So I think we started four years ago with the goal of, I think our initial mission was to impact a million people. And we quickly realized that wasn't aggressive enough. We wanted to do more. And we've tracked it. I think we're not too far away from that million dollar number or million individual number right now. And so we really want to make giving and volunteering as easy as possible for companies. Because if you make it as easy as possible, that's what they're going to choose. And you're going to help just magnify the impact in that capacity. It's really that balance between having maximum impact while making it as easy as possible so that it's just so easy to adapt to and implement. Because a lot of original like sustainability things that happened, it was all about make these changes to your behavior. And I think the biggest thing we learned from all of that is that people don't like to change their behavior. So like you, if you can make it as easy to adopt and go through as possible, that's going to make the difference. That's going to make the change while still making the massive impact. Because if you don't, if you don't do that, we're not going to change. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The mind is what we're ultimately trying to change. And so when we try to make it as easy as possible for employees to say, Hey, I want to do this. This looks really fun. And then once you get them hooked and it's easy and fun to volunteer, you're only making an impact in that one time, which is amazing, but it's not a lifelong change. And so if we're helping build solar panels to reduce the need for fires in emerging countries, what you can do there obviously is you're making a solar panel. 
But if you bring someone together for an hour during this volunteer event, we use a lot of psychological lessons from professors. Okay, how can we alter someone's emotions throughout the event so they become very empathetic with the person they're helping? And that takes that one-off experience and that's how you make the psychological change in someone. So they're like, oh, this is really important. I not only wanna do it for the world, I wanna do it for the individual that I'm helping. And they're so much more likely to make changes than that's, if we could figure out how to change people's behaviors, I think everything would be fixed, but it's a slow, slow long process to do. Definitely. And so did you guys work on solar panels? Is that like one of your volunteer activities? Yeah, so we have probably about 30 like standard volunteer experiences at this point that we do a lot. And then we're always building custom ones. And so we've done a lot in solar panels in emerging worlds. We've done a lot. I would say about half of our events are sustainability or environmentally focused, while the other half are focused on other things, other causes that I'm sure you think of hunger, poverty, things of that nature. Gotcha. Very cool. And yeah. where do you create these solar panels? Is it like depend on the business that you're working with, or is it they mostly in the US and they're sending these to other countries or what is that like? It's a great question. I'll answer it how we work in general. But the first thing is we are not the smartest people in the world. We are great at volunteer events and working with companies. And so what we've done is we have an incredible events and nonprofit management team that goes out there and they meet the best nonprofits in the world. And so they find these organizations who are doing incredible things in every corner of the globe. And then what we try to do to them is, hey, we have a lot of great company relationships in the US and abroad. How can we help your mission with resources like funding from these companies as well as employee volunteering? And so we're trying to help both sides. Nonprofits are obviously under-resourced, especially in the environmental space. And so how can we just help throw gas on their fire? And so it's different for every event, but most nonprofits have what they need. And let's say they're trying to distribute solar panels in, in the desert in Africa, whatever it may be. We want to help them get solar panels into their hands. Then it's often our job to figure out, okay, do we construct these? How do we handle them? But it's different for every event that we do. That's awesome. And when was the last time you were personally involved in an event or do you still go on the ground and get your hands dirty? Yeah, I actually last Thursday. I was at an event in Connecticut. We had a big on-site event where a company brought us together for their 100th anniversary. They had all their employees in their main office. And then they had about 500 employees remotely and virtually. And so we had three to four people from our team there. And it was really focused on disaster relief after environmental disasters. And so hurricanes, tornadoes, and it's an organization called AmeriCares, who also funds a lot of sustainability-related things to prevent disasters. But their main focus is to go into these zones and try to help and support. And the nonprofit is actually located about 30 miles from where this company was focused. I was where they were based. And so it was really exciting to support a local nonprofit as well. That's awesome. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of fun too. Yeah, but I'm sure it's everything. I think especially in sustainability, when you sit behind a computer and you're helping, it's really amazing to see it with your own eyes and then to also see the impact you're making. And it's a lot easier to do that when you're helping someone in poverty or helping someone who's disabled. We're trying to come up with ways, how do we help people really understand and feel the impact of helping the environment? Yeah, definitely. And what you mentioned, you're using psychological tools and kind of understanding the psychology behind it and from scientific research and stuff like that. What are you using currently? Can you give us an example of one of those? Yeah, in short, it's all empathy building. It, we're all trying to build empathy in the individual. And so if you look at our 60 minute event, we try to have the person in the beginning frame 
where are they when they're coming into this event? How knowledgeable are they? How do they relate to an individual who, let's say, is disabled in an emerging country or developing country who doesn't have access to a wheelchair, for example? How do you relate to that person? Then we try to educate them through stories and data and interactive videos. And then we have them deliver the impact. And then we have them communicate with their peers to understand how they're changed throughout the event. And then that reflection causes them to realize I am a different person. And it builds that empathy throughout the event. And the real difference is when you can make a one-on-one -on -one connection. So for a lot of our events, we can say, we are impacting Billy. Here is Billy before and after the change. And so there is an incredible nonprofit called the Sankara Eye Foundation, who is based in India, and they do an incredible job of this. I'm going to share it as an example, and we try to replicate this across all of our events. And so they provide free eye surgeries in India to people who have cataracts or glaucoma. So in the United States or in Europe, those are very easy to do surgeries. You can be in and out in an hour, very inexpensive. In India, a lot of people cannot afford them. They're only 15 to $30 they're too expensive. And so you have this really large population of people who are blind, but it's totally curable. And so what this nonprofit does is they provide the surgeries, but even more important, they show you a picture before and then after of the individual that you supported with a note from that individual saying, I can see again, my life is changed because of you or whatever they want to say. And I think that is the exact one-on-one -on -one connection that you're like, I just made a huge difference in the world. That is incredible. Yeah, that's really cool. And how did you guys come up with this system of leading a company and its employees and the volunteers there through this process. How did it start? Where did you guys come up with this idea? It's really amazing. I just got goosebumps from that last thing you said about the being able to see that change. That's incredible. So where did this stem from? Yeah, it's a great question. I think we're still very much on our journey of helping in the best way possible. I think phase one of what we were doing was really just trying to deliver the most first order impact. Let's get as many people together and let's do as much good in this one hour that we have or two hours. And that's amazing impact. And don't get me wrong, that is incredible impact. But we slowly started to realize we're not going to completely change the world just doing that. And so how do we change the people so they want to volunteer more and more? And so phase two was really that psychology of evolving the individual volunteer and then giving them more ways to support. So how can they continue supporting after this individual volunteer events? And that's phase two. And we were really inspired by a guy named Chris Jarvis from Realized Worth, who's almost a scion of this corporate philanthropy world. And he really spends a lot of his time thinking about how we can make an employee more than just a one-time volunteer. And that's ultimately what we want to do. Wow, that's incredible. And do you have any data that kind of shows some of the, the what this impact has had? Do you start seeing more and more repeat volunteers? And how do you get that data to back up those claims? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. It's what we monitor monthly. And so we look at a lot of survey data. And so we've done survey for all of our participants probably for the last three and a half years, I think at this point. Mm -hmm. And so a lot, one of the questions we ask is how likely are you to continue supporting in this way? Yeah. And so I would say that number has greatly increased, right? Because the person's more motivated afterwards, although that doesn't right. directly connect to if they do more. But what we do monitor to do that is, does the company receive more donations from employees after this? So most large companies give employee match donations. And so Billy, if you're really passionate about that Sankara Eye Foundation. You could donate $100 and your company, Google, would donate $100 to match. So we've seen increased match donations on the nonprofits that we've supported. And the other thing is, we have a really high repeat volunteer with We Hero, And so we obviously track who does volunteer events with us. And so more often now, we've obviously grown a lot. And so maybe the data is slightly off, but we see people coming back to volunteer more and more 
And we think that's largely due to the overall experience and how it's almost contagious that you want to deliver the impact. That's awesome. And what are your percentage rates on survey data with people actually like responding to surveys? I know that's, it's really not the best way to gather data because lots of people don't answer, but if you're making this change in these people's lives, I would assume that it might have a bigger impact and they might be more willing to answer a survey, although we all get very busy. It's a great question. I think we struggled with that right when we started. What we've switched to is a not even before the end of our presentation. One of the last two to three slides, we have a QR code and people take a picture of that on their phone and we give them two minutes to fill out a five question survey. And so it's almost part of the experience. And so we get pretty high survey responses, but I think that's because we value it. We need to keep making these better so that more people want to keep giving back. Yeah, definitely. So how many corporations are you currently working with? I think probably I would say between, I would say right around 200 to 250 our current clients, mostly all, I would say fortune 1000. So really large companies with large offices. And we do work with some small companies who prioritize giving back, but as you're a small business owner, there isn't always the same resources to be able to do that. And so we've evolved and we do a lot of 10 person events and a lot of 500 person events and programs. And so it's a really ranging across all industries too. That's really cool. What are your goals for We Hero in 2022? It's a great question. I think our number one goal is to keep helping companies in a ton of different formats. So all of us, I think we're hopeful that COVID continues to ramp down, but the changes from COVID are never ending at this point. I think we're going to have hybrid remote in-person and for a company like ours, we want to be able to serve everyone really effectively, no matter what their situation is. And we want to be able to help employees no matter where they want to work. And so that's number one goal. And if we do that effectively, and we've been very fortunate to, to do that, I think we really monitor two things. One, it's like the number of companies, how much money we make as a company, but it's also impact. And so we try to double our impact every single year. And so there's obviously a few ways you can do that. You could double your total participants, or you could double the amount of impact you have in each event. And so we, we're really talking about first order impact here. So ultimately we hope we triple or quadruple the second order impact. The other thing we want to do is continue expanding our volunteer efforts. I think three years ago, we didn't do much in sustainability. Now we spend half of our time there because it's such an important cause area. And so we're going to continue expanding. We've started focusing a lot around mental health as well. And I think continuing to evolve to where needs are in the world is really important. Definitely. And how did you guys adapt to COVID with being this event-based service? What did that look like for you guys? Were you guys already thinking about virtual or was this like something that threw a huge curveball? Yeah, we were really lucky. Just candidly, I think some people were unlucky and some people were lucky and no one, this is how the way the world works. So even pre-COVID, we realized we couldn't just keep traveling around the country to do events. That wasn't going to do what we wanted to do. And so we started shipping volunteer events from our warehouse to offices around the country. So let's say you're based in the middle of Wisconsin, where I'm from, and you have an office of 20 people. We could ship you a volunteer experience that has all the materials, all the supplies, and you and your team could follow almost like a masterclass keynote with information, videos, and you could do it on your own. And so that became really popular before COVID. For smaller companies and let's say you're Google and have four different offices, we could send it to all four offices, do a live event, or you could do it yourself. So we were really lucky. We had that infrastructure set up. And so the only change we had to make in March of 2020 was we should just buy some smaller boxes and we started sending it to individual homes. And so we were in a really good position. And I think our belief is that hands-on volunteering is so important to have your hand on something is far better than another Zoom meeting. 
And so that's how we continue to serve. And I think we only had about a week and a half or two weeks of pause before we started that new product. That's awesome. That's really cool. But one of the things I will flag is the big change was how much we were shipping and our impact on the environment. And obviously, as we are very driven by the environment and our company sustainability, we needed to find a really quick solution to how do we, we can't change what we're doing because we're helping people and it's what our business does, but how can we minimize the impact of our actions on the environment and invest in the future so that our impact is really low. Definitely. Because you were shipping materials. So like, how can you decrease the amount that you really needed to ship them was the optimal amount for each event kind of thing. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Let's transition to Carbon Hero now and tell us a little bit more about Carbon Hero again, and just refresh us briefly about what Carbon Hero is and what you guys do. Yeah. So once again, it all got started because we realized we had a larger carbon footprint than we wanted. And we wanted to become knowledgeable on that. And so we started with a two-pronged business model is, okay, I'm an individual, how much carbon do I emit? What is my environmental impact? And so we partnered with who we call our carbon guru, Sean, and he built this entire calculator for an individual, more for information. What is my impact on the environment for my actions? If I drive a gasoline car, if I take 10 flights a year versus five, and then we really expand into how do we help small companies? And we went through the entire process of looking at our business. How can we be more sustainable? What can we change to our packaging, what we send out, our corporate travel? And we realized it's really our shipping and our corporate travel that is having the largest impact. Our supplies and materials are relatively minimal. Our employees live a very environmentally conscious life, given the type of company we are. And so what we realized is we wanted to make changes and offset our carbon and do all these things. But we had no idea what was going on. And so by learning a lot and spending a year and a half just heads down and figuring this out and working with the right people, we realized that there's great ways to do this. And it's very similar to our volunteering. It not only helps the world, but it helps a company. You can have a better brand, you can have a better market, you can attract better customers. And so we ended up realizing as we talked to other businesses, we knew that no one knows how to do this, but everyone wants to. Everyone's like, I want to be a green business. It seems overwhelming and complicated. What do I do? And we take the approach of let's work with smaller companies here who may not, they don't attract the attention from these large environmental consulting firms who are complicated and really data intensive. Let's work with them hand in hand and just talk through their business. And so we provide what we call like fifth grade level hands-on support. So we do the homework together. We talk through everything and we try to bring it down to that fifth grade level. So we all know what's going on. And then we help them make the changes they want, whether it's making their business slightly more sustainable or if it's around offsetting their carbon. And we really focus on, okay, that's offset the carbon. Let's focus on how do we market that? And so we work with a wine importer from Europe and we offset their transportation of wine from Europe to the United States. And so walking them through that process and customizing it for each type of wine was really the intensity of our work. But what's been most powerful is their wine bottles are gonna have a label on it that says the transportation has been completely offset by these projects. And so it really enables the business to grow and cover the cost of doing it quite easily. Definitely. That's really cool. And how many companies have you guys worked with Carbon Hero so far? Yeah, I think it's between 10 and 20. So we haven't worked with a, a ton of companies. We've mainly been focused really on the in depth though. Really, yeah, obviously this is a lot more of an in-depth type process and it varies for every company. We want our entire carbon footprint to be offset. We probably are more on that extreme. Whereas some companies are like, we just want to focus on our travel or we're worried about our buildings emissions. Let's focus on different parts. And so we're not trying to work with 300 companies a year. We want to work with fewer companies 
and make it really customized and ultimately just make it easy for small companies to be more environmentally friendly. Definitely. And do you have a lot of individuals coming to you with ideas of this? How do I offset my carbon, my own carbon? What's my carbon footprint? And what do they, what do you suggest for them? Yeah. So we, we took that calculator we built and we actually allow individuals to choose to offset their carbon via that calculator. We don't try to get individuals to come to us, but we wanted to give them the tool to do that. And we do it basically for free. Gotcha. I think we charge five cents or something on each carbon metric ton that we purchase. So we do that. I think there's a ton of other great resources. What I like to see is more and more companies are including this in their offering. So if you go to buy a plane flight now, you can choose to offset your carbon for whatever the cost is for that flight. And yeah. so I think you'll have the, what I call the people who are focused on the environment and the sustainability geeks, the people listening to this podcast, probably <laughs> who are, who choose to offset their entire life. But once again, we can't get everyone from being a coal burning, Escalade driving, gas guzzling person to doing that. And so small changes are what's going to drive that person from one side to the other. And so if they're like, oh, for 10 extra dollars, I can make this flight carbon free. Amazing. I'll do that. And those are the changes that I think over the next 20 years will dramatically impact the environment. Definitely. And what was something surprising that you guys found as you were going through the process of trying to offset your own carbon and maybe one of the companies that you've worked with? I would say the biggest learning is that offsetting carbon is way more than just offsetting carbon. I think the technology is advancing so much that we should have carbon sequestration and hopefully the next 30 to 50 years that is economical. That's great. But I think one of the benefits of this time right now is the carbon projects typically have secondary benefits. And so we work with a zoo operator, right? And so they have zoos around the country, but they're super passionate about animals. And so they are carbon neutral through protecting forests and protecting bison lands in Colorado. And you can do so much more by just, you think you're just doing something environmental, but you can do so much more. And so there's a clean stove project leave in Indonesia that you think is great. We're eliminating fire exhaust to make really efficient stoves for cooking for these individuals, but you're also preventing more trees from being cut down. You're also preventing women from having to go all day long to collect firewood. And so that allows them to get other jobs. And so the biggest learning I think for me is that the helping the environment, helping people can go hand in hand, really. Yeah, there's a lot of times that you realize a lot of this is just a win-win in so many different ways. It's, yeah. it's a win for the environment. It'll be a win for people. And it's a win for profit as well, because usually it's more economical and just easier and more efficient. And it's like, why didn't we choose this before? Like, why were we doing it any yeah. other way? So, yeah, definitely. you're so right. We're trying to get data and capture data to prove that profit piece. Because why mm -hmm. wouldn't a company do this if they knew it was going to make them more profitable? But it's obviously, we don't have enough data of doing this, nor does really any company yet. And so I think the, you know, over the next five years, there's going to be a big shift. Definitely. And I'd like to get your perspective on this because I've heard some people talk about this before, like with carbon offsetting, it almost feels, okay, I go and purchase something so that I can feel good about offsetting my carbon, but then does that make it so that, oh, I can just keep doing business as usual versus needing to actually change the structure and the sustainability of the business rather than just saying, oh, I just purchased some VCs and then we're back in, in business. It's the right question to ask. I think the way that we view it is number one thing you should do is try to make your business more sustainable. That's what's most important, right? We don't advocate you start buying a bunch of carbon offsets and then go fly around the country more than you need to because you're like, oh, I've got carbon offsets. Doesn't matter. That's not what we suggest. We suggest make your business more sustainable and environmentally friendly. And then two, 
what you can't do, invest in the carbon offset. So you can't change some things about your business. So try to impact the after effects of that. We don't see typically, I think the people that choose to do this are people who want the best for the world. And so I don't think we see people buying offsets and then saying, whatever, we'll do, we'll do anything at this point. It doesn't really matter. I think we, we try to believe in the best in the world. I do think at the much larger companies, there is likely greenwashing going on. And this has been a negative take on carbon offsets and look at the airlines, right? They, their whole business model is made around emitting fossil fuels and carbon into this world, but they're trying to become more environmental. And so we take the approach, they're trying, they're investing in different kinds of planes. They're buying carbon credits. Like they're doing the best they can. They could probably do more, but we need to take the positive spin on things and hope that over time becomes just the norm. Exactly, I agree. I think a lot of it too has to deal with just the education of people in the corporate setting up there may not even know, like they're trying to answer to the population is saying one thing and it might be popular knowledge that if you need to get rid of plastic or something like that, as an example, but could it really be that even though like you get rid of plastic, you're replacing with something that's not any more sustainable than the plastic was. And so it's actually worse and adding more stuff to the environment and bad things. So it's, I don't think greenwashing is all, oh, ha, I'm, you know, getting away yeah. with something. Like, I think some of it is like, they're trying to answer a need and they go and answer it just in the wrong way. It's like, try, you, you're trying it, but yeah. not, that's not what we need to do. So, you know, that I think greenwashing also gets a really bad rep to, oh, they're just trying to do this or trying to make yeah. it bad where it's sometimes it's like, People are just trying to answer what the public is saying, but the public is saying it wrong yeah. and their answer to it is not good. So yeah, Bill, you're, you're spot on. I, once again, going back to believing the best in people, yeah. we are so new in this experimentation is needed. And I think this is most common around the paper straw example. Most paper straws I absolutely hate to use, but there are, there are new technology coming out with compostable, more paper straws that are actually amazing. And so, right. You, we're so new. People need to experiment. As in all experimentation, not everything's going to work. You're going to need to take feedback and make it better. And so that is happening everywhere right now. And to try to encourage people not to get upset or angry that it's not happening in the best way possible or as efficiently as possible because you need to. Definitely. I agree. And it's always starts with those initial stages. You can't, Google wasn't birthed as big as it is today, or Amazon wasn't birthed at that point too. They had a big growing period that they yeah. went through. So it's part of all the process you have to get through it. So I completely agree. What has been your favorite part about Carbon Hero and the impact that you guys are having? Apart from just my personal learning and growth in this space, I think that's been the most interesting, but I also think it's allowed us to help smaller companies. And for me, that's what's most exciting is because I think small companies, we're a small company, a small business, we all get overlooked in the world. And oftentimes there's things we want and, and there's software we really want to use, technology that we can't afford, manufacturing equipment we can't use. And it's being able to bring this to smaller companies is so rewarding because ultimately there's more small companies than there are big companies in the world. And so we need to help all companies and why not help these small ones? And I think they all have such unique business models and unique needs. It's very fun to build the customized solutions for them. Definitely. And you really feel like you're hands-on, you're getting in down and dirty. Yeah. So that's really awesome. Exactly. All right. So let's transition to the impact job. Tell me us a little bit more about the impact job and remind us what that part is. Yeah. So this is the third and newest business that, that we've launched. We launched it about two months ago. I think at this point, we're just trying to bring together people who are looking to work in this industry. It's becoming more and more popular to work in sustainability, environmentally focused jobs. 
and then as well as corporate social responsibility, which is helping companies become better, and then ESG. So there's this whole range. There's more and more jobs coming out and more people want to work in these jobs. And so we're building a hub for where people can come and find these jobs. And like I said earlier, it's really for people who are new into their career until mid-level management. Most of the senior level roles for these are hired by recruiters. And so we wanted to build a self-serve model for this. And frankly, it's because when people go to LinkedIn, there's 10,000 different jobs. And some of them may mention this, but it actually has nothing to do with it. And so we wanted to make a way that's free for everyone to find jobs and companies could have their jobs listed there. And yeah, it's been really fun. And I think it's been great hearing just the reinforcement being like, finally, we've been looking for something like this. And so it's great to kind of see where this is going to go. And our ultimate goal is to provide, we send out the new jobs every week and to provide a lot of environmental sustainability as, as well as CSR related content to these individuals to make them more qualified for the jobs as well. And so it'll be a fun journey for sure. Definitely. That's awesome. And are you vetting these companies that you are posting up on the site or is it you're just working together with them? What does that look like? Yeah. And so it's, we're doing a little bit of vetting. Our ultimate belief is we want to help every company be better. And to take this to the extreme example, we would work with a tobacco company because they, their business will exist, but we have the opportunity to make that business slightly better. So that's our internal philosophy. But right now it's all self-service for the company. So a company can go on there and they can say, hey, we need to hire, let's post a job. We have an approval process in there. And so if someone posts a job that is not related to sustainability or ESG, CSR, we will not allow it on the website. So we curate it in that form. We obviously build a lot of relationships with the hiring managers at the companies we think are most interesting to candidates. And that's really, I think, how we filter people into the website. Definitely. That's good. Yeah. I remember I was in that stage at one point where I was searching for sustainability jobs. And I always got super irritated when I was on like other sites and trying to look for these jobs. And then they would just mention it in there as like sustainability as, oh, we are a sustainable business. And then you would get, get the keyword hit yep. the search and it was like, this has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Not even close. You're so right. That's the challenge, right? You go to Indeed and they have 10,000 sustainability jobs. We want to curate the best ones, the ones that are really focused on making a change. Definitely. Very true. Yeah. And I think one of the big messages here too, is depending on what you want to do, whatever you want to do. And if you're wanting to have an impact, like you don't have to be like the activist holding a sign going out and protesting or something. You don't have to be that person going and trying to lobby or being really outspoken or gregarious at a big meeting or trying to write your congressman or getting people behind you. Like you can have an impact with these companies that are trying to be more sustainable, being having that impact on the world that it doesn't have to be just one part. It's not, we're not just in that position of awareness anymore. Like we're doing action. There's a lot of action happening. You're so right. I think that's what most people, most college graduates are like, oh, I want to go join the Peace Corps or go join Corps or whatever it may be. And they join this and they can see, wow, people are making a real career out of this industry. And I think that's the best thing we can do is showing people who are going to graduate from college instead of go working at a, a different sales job or whatever it may be. They say, wow, I can make a career and make a couple hundred thousand dollars if I follow this and really help the environment along the way. And I think that is the type of shift we need in people because ultimately it's, you're going to have always have those people waving the flag and those people are amazing, but that's a small percentage of the population. We need to get everyone interested in working in this space that's passionate about it. You really have no barriers anymore. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. 
What are your goals for the impact job throughout 2022? Yeah. So since our launch about 30 days ago, we've had probably 40 jobs up there and we've got thousands of people subscribed to it, which for us is a great success, especially the early traction. I think our goal is probably to have the tens of thousands of people interested in the jobs on there and really have a full-fledged weekly email blast to everyone that really focuses on the jobs, but also provides them with the content and the education they need to really excel in their interviews and their resume process for the sustainability space. And so I think that's really what we're focused on for the next six months. We'll hopefully be continue growing at the same pace. And I think just ultimately people need this kind of help and we're here to provide it. Definitely. That's awesome. And what is one tip that you would give towards another ecopreneur or somebody out there who's looking for an impact job, what was one tip that you would give them to get involved or be able to grow their green business? Passionate, be passionate. I think when you speak to someone who really cares about what they're working on, that person's gonna be motivated. And so when you're trying to get a job or you're growing your own business, if you're passionate about it, that passion is contagious. And so if you're talking to someone who's recruiting you or you're interviewing with, be passionate about it. And if you're selling something at your business, like if you're passionate about it, you're going to be way more likely to get a sale. And so I always tell people, let's say you're really focused on solar panels or different forms of heating and air conditioning, get really in there and be passionate about it. And that's going to make you more successful in your career and business. Definitely. I can't agree more. And if somebody wants to reach out to you and learn more about We Hero or Carbon Hero or the impact job, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, I will send over links that you can put into the show notes. We've got our websites. You can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm most easily contactable, I would say, but I'll put the links to the website in your show notes. And that way you can get in contact with us. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andy, for joining the show. It was really awesome having you on. And I hope maybe one day we'll be able to get you back on here again. It was so much fun having you on and we'll be able to talk about where you guys have progressed since now. So it'd be great. Thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks, Billy. I appreciate it and have a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. And if you enjoyed hearing from Andy about We Hero, about the Impact Job, and about Carbon Hero, then I invite you to check out this interview with Aswin. He is a volunteer with the Isha Foundation and Save Soil Movement. And this interview is all about how they are making the incredible step forward to saving our soil and how important that is for fighting the climate crisis. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.